Welcome back to another episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 51. I hope you enjoyed our last extra special 50th anniversary episode with Forever Night. I'm your host, Adam Sink, with me, Brendan Carrion. How's it going, Brendan? It's going great, man. What up? Not a whole lot. It's summertime. It's death heat outside. There is no reason to step out of the air conditioning. Yeah, but you know what that means? There's lots of reasons to More role-play. games. Just game, man. Yep, just game all summer long. All summer long. There's something very rewarding about getting up in the morning, like before noon, it's weekend, you get your get your army together, your miniatures battle army, you go down to the game store, and then you're just there all day yep. playing miniatures battle games. Yep. I, I, it, it, there's something about the, I relate that to summer in Arizona in a certain way. Because <laughs> there's nothing else you can do. It's retreating from air-conditioned environment to air-conditioned environment, and you need something to do that occupies your brain for hours out here. Otherwise, you start going a little nuts. I just, I just wish I had more time for it. With all the riding and stuff that we've been mm-hmm. doing, Like I haven't had any miniatures fix in a while. And let me tell you, homie, I am crawling the walls crawling the walls yeah it's tough we uh we've always kind of had a soft spot for miniatures gaming going back for quite a while so i know it's pitiful but we are those hopeless addicts we're the junkies (sighs) yes sir hey so what's on the agenda man what's 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 crack a lacking on the agenda we have upcoming events and appearances what is full metal rpg doing where are we gonna be how can you interact with us dude adam you and I have been busy little beavers. We went up to some shit, and uh, we want to share it with our with our friends and and uh, and listeners. So, um, first thing is, Adam and I were on an episode of Tempest Tenebrarum, which is a World of Darkness, all World of Darkness podcast. It's you can you can get the uh, replays of it on. Um, YouTube. They just you call in and you just have a nice conversation about some World of Darkness, and then it's live. It's live at the time of recording, and then they archive it, so you can just go back there. So just search uh, Tempest. That's T E M P U S Tenebrarum, and that's T E N E B R A R U M, and you'll find it. That's also on Facebook. Um, so we were on an episode. About infernalism. Yeah, for some reason, when they thought of infernal infernalism, they thought of us. Yeah, weird. It was very strange. I didn't yeah. quite understand that. I don't get it. Um, but uh, we'd like to thank Peter Kirby for having us on. And then, um, due to some kind of like scheduling stuff that went on with his co-host, he is actually kind of like looking for a co-host. And Adam and I have volunteered to do kind of like rotating slots on that show so we're back in the world of darkness we're back in that world darkness game we can't get out like miniatures gaming we just keep (laughs) falling back into our bad habits well one of the things that's so great about tempest tenebrarum is that they are very positive about the game they're very enthusiastic it is not definitely not a like bitch and wine fest like they're not going to be dumping on it and uh and we're gonna we're gonna feed their energy back into them and it should be good if you're interested and passionate about the world of darkness check it out yeah check it out and uh adam and i will be doing some kind of guest spots on there as kind of like just holding down the fort helping him keep going while the schedule gets itself worked out so check out tempest tenebrarum all right next thing is free rpg day is if you are listening to this on the day of release it's tomorrow saturday june 16th saturday june 16th uh adam and i will be hosting a free rpg day at the game shop of our sponsors game depot in tempe arizona uh they've asked us to come down and kind of like you know lend our character to the proceedings so if you want to play some kind of offbeat stuff uh i will be running stormbringer first edition adam will be running dungeon world we're going to have some of the local gaming luminaries coming down treacherous not treacherous (laughs) (laughs) uh notorious motherfucker uh michael collette will be down there Mm -hmm. doing some dungeon world uh dan brugman who's like very well he's doing dcc right not dungeon oh shit he is doing dcc DCC. dungeon crawl classics dungeon crawl classics Uh, which we'll be bringing back again later bringing up again later on in the show it's gonna come back 
that may come up that may come up again later um so he'll be down there doing that dan brugman local area favorite uh gm uh iron gm competitor He's going to be down there doing a, a game called Beyond the Wall. Where we'll also we'll have uh, Shadows, Urban Shadows, and then some other stuff, too, that I'm not entirely 100% familiar with, with what exactly it's going to be, but we will have it. So, um, also, we're going to be down there kind of just hanging out, talking to people about Full RPG, about role-playing games. We'd love to see your face. If We're going to have the banner there if you want to get a photo with oh that. Oh, my God. You'll you be get a photo in front of the Full Metal the RPG banner. And we'll also have Full Metal RPG t-shirts there at a uh, convention price so that you can Sweet. you can clad yourself in Full Metal RPG gear should you so desire. And if you're interested, I may bring some copies of Survivalism as well. Oh, so. do it. Bring some copies I of Survivalism. I still got some of those. Do it. Do it. Don't not do it. All right, so that's that. Uh, free RPG day. And, oh, and then, the, of course, the icing on the cake is if you play in one of the games and you get first dibs on, on the free RPG books that they're giving away that day. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that was that's the best part when we left that out. Yep. So that's what happens on free RPG day. Yeah. Come down to Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. They'll give you a book. Play with free us and gratis, get a free book. Free gratis, free of charge. No downside. There was um, one other show we were on, right? Are we going to talk gonna, about we're that? Gonna, we're we're going to get there. Right, just book. making sure. Get the, it's, all, it's in chronological order. All right. <laughs> all right, so... um. Uh, Adam and I have actually reached out to some other creators, speaking of our zines, and uh, we kind of wanted to populate the, the the store a little bit more. And uh, I'm hoping that by this time next week, actually by this time next week, it should definitely be done, we're going to have four new zines up for sale in the um, FMRPG web store. So check out FullMetalRPG.com. This time next week, we're going to have copies of uh, Reliquary from Scourge Books. We're going to have copies of Under the Dice from Wolverine Blues. We're going to have uh, Tooth Chipper, which is a Wild in the Streets game magazine. And we're going to have uh, Wage Slaves, which is a comic book that is unbelievably foul by Nano Death. And I would not miss it. These, I, I, I looked at copies of all these zines before we hand curated them to be in the store. And these are all good zines. We will support these creators. We want to help get the word out. We also want all you patrons who have that 20% discount in the shop to have something to spend it on. So yeah. now we're going to have some of these cool new zines. I checked them out. They look really cool. So And Reliquary. After it. Uh, Reliquary by Scourge. Guys, that's OOP right now. So uh, we have the last five copies. Sweet. <laughs> that I'm aware of. All right. Next thing. Adam, what, you tell, them what, tell them what we did. All right. Tell me uh, for those of you who are World of Darkness fans, we were also on a recent episode of Darker Days Radio with Mike and Chris. Oh, my God. And uh, it was a really fun experience. That's been kind of one of those items that's been on our bucket list for a while. Darker Days Radio really inspired Brendan early on. I've been a fan of theirs for a while, listened to them for a long time. Um, and it was great to get to hang out with those guys and interact with them and talk about some World of Darkness gaming and... and uh, secret frequency stuff that they talked about it was a really grim dark uh ripped from the headlines kind of story it was a lot of fun oh, it was so much fun and adam's completely right it was just like one of those fantasy style you you know fantasy meets reality you're living it you're going to do the thing you always want to do and we're just so grateful to them for having us on of course we'll let you all know when that episode becomes available because on some level it's just they've such been an teasing honor. it already. So it, it's, it's such an honor to great. to have been asked to be on. And I and, and you know I feel like we did a good episode. I feel like we brought the heavy lumber. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they talked to us about the zines and what we've been doing over here, and we've really been kind of pushing some new initiatives. You know, just over at Full Metal RPG, doing a lot of doing a lot of creative work and doing a lot of outreach to the community. So I think they really responded to that, and hopefully the audience responds to that. Yeah, yeah, so check that out when that becomes available. Next thing is our friends in England. Dungeon Punks, the real Dungeon Punks. With an X. That's right. They are holding a uh, competitive GMing event in Leeds. Uh, So if you are somehow living in the UK and unaware that this is happening, but you're listening to us, then get your ass to Leeds and play in their competitive jamming event. It's a ticketed event. 
There's only so many tickets available. There's only so many tickets left. And let me tell you, it's being put on by the Dungeon Punks guys. So it's it's uh, Mark Boardman, Nathan Bean, David Ager. All these guys are working together to make this thing happen. They got this crazy venue for it. It's called the Temple of Boom. It's a concert venue. The walls are like covering graffiti. It's ex- it's like if it's exactly the kind. I mean, I just look at that. And I'm just like, that is exactly the kind of thing I want to participate in. That is what I want. It's a thousand million miles away. The homie Wolverine Blues is gonna fly his ass out there to be there. Nice. Jamie from Coliseum Rex is going down there to compete. Okay. Jamie from Coliseum Rex will have his hat thrown in to see if he can be a master of game masters at the Temple of Boom in Leeds. So, I, if I could be there, I would. The Boardman's all getting on me. He's all like, why aren't you going? Oh, man, you got Wolverine Blues is flying out. Why aren't you flying out? You got to fly out and hang out with us. Everybody there is going to know each other. We're all going to be like slapping each other's backs and laughing and talking shit, and you're not even going to be there. And I'm like, well, I'm so fucking sorry, man. It's like, it's like seriously <laughs> like three. I don't have the international flight money. So. It's like three days before Gen Con. So yeah. this is on... Uh, July 29th, 2018. So July 29th, 2018, Leeds, Temple of Boom, and it's called uh, Trial by Dice. So get your ass out there. If you have the means or the opportunity, then there's really no excuse for you not to be there unless you live in Arizona and you're saving your money for Gen Con, which is literally like five days after this. Or you're dead. You get a pass for that. Well, too. Uh, you know. Yeah. All right. Last thing is, you know, Adam and I were talking about uh, our lust for miniatures gaming. And uh, again, those homies over at Dungeon Punks, they kind of, in their last episode, they spent a bunch of time talking about Mantic games and how much they liked Mantic games. And it got me on this whole thing where I started investigating them. And oh boy, whenever Brendan starts investigating something, then it's just a rabbit hole. So, um,. I really got a taste for their science fiction miniatures game, which has three different levels that you play it at. Dead Zone, Warpath, Firefight, and then just Warpath. Mm-hmm. And uh, this summer, they have a campaign coming out for Dead Zone. And uh, I actually talked to the Pathfinder, which is like the the guy that like he demos stuff at your local store and... Arizona has two of them, which kind of blew my mind. Hmm. I talked to the one that uh, that frequents the East Valley, and it looks like he and I are going to be doing some demos of uh, Dead Zone coming up here in maybe July, leading into that summer campaign. Nice. So, if you're again, if you're in the Phoenix metro area, you want to play some Dead Zone. You want to play Miniatures Battle with Brendan. Hit me up. I'll be posting more details on the Full Metal RPG Facebook page. But that's something to look forward to. Mantic, Dead Zone, Summer Campaign 2018. All right. That's it. That's it, Adam. That's all. Sweet. That's all we've been up to, Adam. That's all we've been doing. And we should have some new zines dropping shortly, too. If you're a backer of the Patreon. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there are, We've been working on that, too. Oh, my God. Not sell ourselves short there. I had to take fucking four days off to go to California and do the whole the girlfriend thing and the mm-hmm. family thing. And usually when I get out there, I have this time where like they don't they don't want to interact with me and I have time to work. But this time I did not. I took, yeah. I took, I took my whole fucking rig and I was like trying to sit there and work and I just couldn't get anything done. I was done. buried just at work here and got nothing done. And, yeah. you know, it's I only have the the editing program on my main computer and my kids been monopolizing that. So uh, I got to get it. I got to get it punched out, but well, I, yeah. I've got art for it from Ork Gore Ork on Instagram. Gore, so I've guys. got some, a special treat for you guys there. And, uh, I really feel like this one's a nice little step up from the first one even. So well, that should is be a real good. treat. That's nice that you're iterating. Um, I don't know how much of an iteration I can claim for mine. Uh, I, I kind of got lost in the woods with all the writing. I wrote 20,000 words. I wasn't done. So I took my editor's advice and I split the issue in half. I feel like he was right. 
this issue is going to actually be very concise. It has a it has it has good material in it. It's strong material. That does mean that the July issue is almost done already, which is great. Yeah, that's nice. But it does mean that my June issue is late, and I for that I apologize, patrons and other uh, fans slash readers of the zine. So thank you, thank you for your forbearance. Um, but the writing is done, and it's ready. It's ready for you guys to read. Yeah, same. Mine's all written and edited. I just I finally got the finished art on Tuesday, and I'll get everything integrated and put together. Oh, it's, by gonna the weekend, so so it's gonna I've be so hot. It's gonna be. I've seen the art, and yeah. it looks so fucking good. Yeah, Orkor knocked it out of the park. So As check always, him out at Orkor on Instagram, he uh, he's uh, he's the real MVP of this one. He's a he's a he's a podcast favorite. Orkor. He is. We love that guy. Yeah. Cool. Well, that brings us to Patreon. We've got new patrons. We got new patrons. Let's see. Um. All right, we only, we only got two new patrons in this uh, in this in this. Little Not only we had a couple who upped their pledges. We too. did have a couple who upped their pledges, namely Michael Collette. Michael Collette my, did up oh his pledge quite a bit. Michael Collette went from being a digital one magazine subscriber seven dollar pledge to being a physical two yeah, subscriber. So that that homie is getting getting both the physical zines. You know, I, I mean, I gotta say, I'm gonna say it again, dude. It's like the best deal in the world. You get you get two zines shipped anywhere on the fucking fucking planet for twenty bucks. I mean, where do you get a better deal? Where's a better deal than that? Right. What else? You know, what are you gonna do with that twenty bucks? It's under get, twenty bucks. Go to McDonald's twice, right? Please. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we got long time, long time uh, Instagram homie William Babbitt showed up and he pledged the he pledged the Patreon. Thank you so much, William. And then we have someone who goes by in in one word, just kind of like one word, very ominous, Ed Chuck. Whoa. Ed Chuck, thank you. Thank you for your Patreon pledge. So at this point, we are very close to that ominous... The actual plays. It's yeah, inching ever closer. $300 actual plays. So we're very close. Uh, get, get get your friends out there. Get some people who are not aware of the Patreon to to, to chunk in. Once we hit that three hundred dollar a month mark, then you guys are gonna have to listen to us like bumble through some yeah. heinous shit. We'll even bumble through the games that we've written or are writing. Yeah, if yeah. If that interests you at all. Well, I I want to redo the um, poll, mm-hmm. or at least recall attention to it. Because um, the thing that was winning back then was Ravenous. People right. wanted to hear play hear us play Ravenous. I was like, okay, that's cool, that's fun. Um, but in the meantime, we've done this Happy Time Dungeon Hour thing. We've done Happy Time Dungeon Hour. Yeah. I wrote C and C. I yikes! <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know if I would be super stoked to be recorded playing that game. It's uh, the people demand it. It's grim yeah. that game. <laughs> that game's grim, guys, and not. Yeah, anyway. It's problematic. Yeah, super problematic. Um, So join our Patreon and get a copy of it for free. Um, Anyway, uh, what, what do you think, man? How's that? That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Fuck yeah. Thank, so, you for your, thank you for your patronage. Yeah, thanks everybody for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you. So what have we been up to? Brendan, what have we been up to? Oh, what have Christ, you been up to? For Christ's sake. Man, um... Have we? All right, so I finished. I, I wrapped up Black Blood. I wrapped up Black Blood. That's at the Friday night. Friday night role playing club. Role playing club at Game Depot in I Tempe, Arizona. Our sponsors. Our sponsors. Um, yeah. So I wrapped that game up, and uh, it went well. It was. Um, they knew it was the final session, and the characters who uh, had made this kind of like. For, well, first of all, they we ended on the on this cliffhanger whether or not they were going to shoot Dwayne. And uh, the enterprising role players that they are, they figured a way around it, which I knew they would. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have put them in that position if I thought that they wouldn't. Um, so they got him out of it, and then and then they uh, decided that they were going to bring the hurt to the people who had betrayed them in the first place. In classic uh, World of Darkness style, classic World of Darkness, and so then they stab spe- me in the back. I'll stab you in the back even worse. They, they, they spent some time kind of coming up with a plan, and it was like um, I think you know we were a little bit out of sync because we hadn't played in a little while, and 
So they were having trouble with the plan formulation, and I had to kind of exert that GM kind of iron hand to get them to kind of decide on like the form of this thing because it was it was like a slippery eel. It just yeah. kept kind of getting well, away that's, from them. Everybody tries that plan, right? Everybody when you get into those World of Darkness games goes, "Oh, let's let's do a plan. Let's do a plan." And the plans never never work out the way that you well, think they're going to. This plan actually went pretty well once they made the plan. Okay, they just, they, once they. they actually committed yeah their 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 plan was like like some kind of zinchian monster that was kept metamorphing in its shape and they could never really get a fix on it until finally i was like all right all right something's about to happen Where, what's happening and then they were like okay this is what's happening and then, and then it was fine um it all ended up in a giant gun battle didn't see that coming did we they use themselves. Sure didn't. They use themselves as human bait. Guns in the world of darkness. <laughs> what? They lured their. Uh, they lured the uh, rival gang down into the enemy's territory, using themselves as human bait. Bait, and then they uh, executed them summarily with guns. Um, I think I may have uh, screwed the pooch on remembering how guns work in World of Darkness First Edition, hmm. and. Uh, but the thing is, I just kind of hand-waved it, and I was just like, right. blah, blah, whatever, whatever. You're shooting guns, they're shooting you. Take some damage, they take some damage, whatever. And I think I I had fun. I had fun. So good. Um, that's, that's done. Next thing is um, Trail of Cthulhu. Well, I'm going to be running the uh, the uh, games that I'm going to be running at Gen Con. Sweet. Yeah. So that getting, sounds awesome. Getting some practice for that. How about uh, Mutant Year Zero, man? You wrapped that too, didn't you? <laughs> so Mutant Year Zero wrapped. We didn't go into it expecting it to be necessarily the last session, but we knew things were coming to a head with the Slave result, Revolt and the vote and everybody kind of um, politicking against everybody else. And so one of the first things you do is you draw a card for the, for the session. That's the threat for the session. Right. It's the bookkeeping thing right at the beginning. So we drew a card. Uh, Hazel drew the card, and she drew the card Revolution. Oh, no. And that was uh, all it takes is a single spark and enforcer striking a boss, and the entire arc uh, goes in open rebellion, slaves rebelling against their masters, everything else. Very fortuitous, because that was actually what we were kind of building toward. Yeah, yeah, that was your plan from day one. Right. And as so, listeners will know. Yeah, and so was, I was actually kind of laughing, blown away that she had drawn that card. And so we had one of the characters who was playing an enforcer, and he went up to one of the bosses, Gobsmasher, and, and punched him in the face. That sparked off a revolution, uh, at which point the party just completely kind of splintered apart and everybody decided now's the time that I'm going to get my revenge. So <laughs> nice. Night of the Long Knives. Yeah. So Night of the Long Knives. So two of them went after the boss Pompafax that they had decided during character creation they had some kind of a beef with. This was the boss that Richard had given his little, that had the, the infants that had been rescued from the waste. And that Richard had given that statue or the trophy that was the explosive round that he had kind of rigged up as an IED. Right. Um, and then there was uh, Eve, the boss down in the catacombs, and then there was uh, Gobsmasher, the other boss. And so those two went off to go deal with Pompafax, and one of them uh, had pyrokinesis, and he fueled all his mutant points into just lighting Pompafax up with pyrokinesis, at which point <laughs> Richard goes... <laughs> Because he was sitting at his desk at the time, Richard goes, "Isn't that where he has the trophy?" And I was like, "It sure is." <laughs> and I said, "Go ahead and just roll uh, three equipment dice, and we'll see what happens." Well, they roll, they get two ones, which That's means bad, a right? catastrophic failure. Mm. So I said, "Well, bad news. Um, it explodes." So they blew up that entire part of the building. It killed the. Pop effects. It killed the two players. It killed the the babies that were in the room, um, and it blew the door off where uh, where Hazael and, and Michael Colette's character were outside, kind of listening in, trying to get in because oh, the other no. two had locked the door behind them. Colette took a little damage. Hazael's uh, gearhead was actually surprisingly unharmed. Then uh, Barrister, the chronicler. Uh, Steven's character went down to talk to Eve. He just dumped all his mutant points into Man Beast and ripped her throat out, killing her instantly. Um, and then Richard goes and he confronts Gobsmasher, um, and he bumps his luma his luminosity luminosity power, uh, blinding Gobsmasher for two turns. And then 
he's like, I'm going to choke him out with my bike chain. I'm like, cool. Uh, just, just like throw some dice and like kill this guy. Like it's going to be great. He rolls and he just, he rolled poorly. And then he decided to push the roll. Mm. When he pushed the roll, he rolled even more poorly. He took all. So when you roll ones, um, on your attribute dice, you get physical strain. Once you take enough physical strain to drop your attribute to zero, you're considered unconscious. He had three attribute dice. He rolled ones on all of them. Um, so he, in traditional style for him, unfortunately, he dropped. I, you know, it was like he's choking him with his bike chain. And I said he kind of like pushes his head forward and slams it back into your face and breaks your nose and, and knocks you out. Um, and so... It ended with Gobsmasher pulling uh, the semi-auto pistol they had donated to the Ark from their travels out in the world and the waste, uh, and executing him. Um, the gun almost actually exploded when he did it because I made him roll for it just because I thought it was interesting. Gun almost exploded when he did it. It at one point a durability left. He shot him, killed him, um, and then took over the Ark. And so it ended with the surviving people, the three surviving players, fleeing to uh the other arc they had encountered the this like rust factory where they were building the ship to try and sail away uh and gobsmasher essentially turning the arc into this like violent uh raiding style society so it got it got grim fast it it got very political which i wasn't it's i kind of talk i'll be reviewing it near zero later and i kind of talk about it there's it's almost like there's two games in Mutineer Zero. There's the exploration hex crawl part of it, and then there's this very political part that the arc seems to represent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your take on that when you do the review. Good. Cool. Well, hey, so we're, we're done with those. Yeah, we're done with those. And so up next, Michael Collette said he wanted to run DCC for everybody. Uh, so he's going to run DCC for everybody. He was asking me, should we run a funnel or should we run first players? I kind of said, hey, it's up to you. The funnel seems to be traditional. I've never played anything other than a funnel. I'd be interested in playing something other than a funnel because I feel like there's a whole part of DCC I haven't experienced. I should really let my guys know that that's going on because they're DCC guys and I should really... Well, he'll be doing a one-shot next time. And then after that, I'll do a one-shot of Dungeon World because I'd like to the players to kind of experience that style of game mm-hmm. um and then after that we'll decide what we're doing long term i'm still resisting the call of conan um hey, i don't know why you're fighting that now <laughs> it's so, it, i don't want to throw the money over. at it just, just i just don't want to throw the money at it i've been allocating my funds to other things uh and so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens yeah, you can always pick up conan when you get to gen con you can always pick up conan gen at gen con so we'll see how that goes gen con. all right great um you you I, I what you bought bought recently got anything oh so i've been actually funneling my money into the show and the zine um so i haven't bought any role-playing paraphernalia recently i've just been focused on iterating on our core concept here at fmrpg solid that's a good way to be um i okay so i kept it i've kept it kind of slim like i haven't been doing the usual thing i do which is to fill the gaping hole that exists inside of me with material goods however uh some uh kickstarters came in uh the sword the crown and the unspeakable power came in and so i got that um haven't had a chance to really look at it very closely um my initial thought is sweet it's got like a billion playbooks in it um cool it's like a little bit more of a grim dark kind of way to play a fantasy game and it's not quite as it's like uplifting and powerful as say dungeon world i'm stoked about that downside what up with the art yo I thought you guys did pretty well with this thing. I'm just like, I looked at the cover. The cover was really disappointing compared to the art that they had shown in the Kickstarter. And then I leafed through it. And first of all, there's hardly any art in it. And then where it does appear, it's very, very small. And you're just like, I think, I mean, I, I think that they must've spent a bunch of the Kickstarter money acquiring the art. And then I think they must've been worried about page count. So they didn't want to make it bigger Mm. so they could squish the words in. That's disappointing. And it's just yeah, so so while the content of the book seems very exciting, like I, like I'm very stoked to get it to the table or to experiment with it. Um, 
in terms of like presentation in terms of like oh well, here's an artifact that i can just carry around and explore and dink around with and stuff uh engage with on multiple levels yeah the, that was definitely disappointing um when i was in la whew, i went to one of my little game hangouts where they got the the minty the choice the choice finds. They got the sweet meats. Oh, buddy. So, as you know, I'm an Elric collector, and um, they had some of the Mongoose Elric there. Uh, specifically, they had a hardcover book uh, called Bright Shadows, which is going for a pretty choice amount of money on online. You can't. All that stuff goes for a song on eBay. It's it's Dude, pretty impressive. It's crazy. So I mean, it's not the old Chaosium stuff, and I don't know if I would ever run the Mongoose game as is, but at the very least, it's very good source materials. Um, right, it's setting lot, material, right? Yeah, flavor and all that. And a lot of those guys who uh, worked for Mongoose doing the Elric line were from the Chaosium days. They just kind of you know the Chaosium quit making their lines and so they made they made mongoose oh, they just to transferred it over yeah they, they sent it's like kind of like ice path they like right. they, they they started a company so they could license um things that their their previous company wasn't doing anymore so it's still legit material uh so i picked that up then guess what homie oh i found a copy of mutant year zero oh my god it's so hard to find on the shelf <laughs> It just doesn't cover. exist. I know. It's uh, so difficult to find for a reasonable price right now. So despite the fact that I wasn't looking to spend $100 on role-playing books that night. You did anyway. I did anyway. Um, it happens. I'm not going to judge. It's a judgment-free zone. Dude, I mean. It's a safe space. Mutant Year Zero is such a great game. Everything that you've told me about it, listening to your tale of your campaign, I've just been like gotta get this fucking mutant year zero game and then i took it home and didn't disappoint disappoint at all i flipped mm-hmm. through it and it was just like oh this is fucking cool this is just such a fucking cool game it's a solid little game it just disappoints me that it seems like the adoption hasn't really been there you know it's like you go to the forums and you go on and it just and i don't know if that's a result of people not being into it or just not being able to get it or what it is well i think it's a, i think the problem is is the a you can't get it in america mm-hmm. because their distribution angle in america it's seems terrible very, very dodgy right and then they also have these other competing core books like the the mechaton uh yeah, robot the, one is coming out here soon right gen lab alpha gen lab do, alpha I, yeah i don't even know where i'm gonna get the mechaton book it's I don't know if I'll see it. I never saw Gen Lab Alpha in stores here. Oh, you don't have it? I own it. I you own it now, but I ordered it. Oh, okay. From th- their website, <laughs> which is in England. Yeah, and so I, I got it on sale because all the mutant stuff was on sale when they announced the video game. Right. But with the cost of shipping and everything, I paid. Uh, I paid over cover for it. I end up paying over cover for it because I just couldn't get it here. Cause, well, and because they're fucking heavy. Those books are heavy right. as they're shit. They're thick books and they're hard to get. Yeah. And so I, I'm I'm not doing that for Mechaton. So I don't know if I'm going to have that book or not. I love it because I, I'm really interested in the idea of AIs and robots. And I think it's a nice add-on for Mutineer Zero. I just don't know if I'll ever get it you're for just that gonna, reason. You're going to have to really keep uh, your ear to the ground on when it comes out so you can snap Maybe it up. Maybe Gen Con. In the first print run because... Yeah. um. They had a copy of Gen Lab Alpha at the store I was at. Oh, okay. They so may have it, it at Gen was, Con. It was so released it, here. It might be, that might be where I get it. Yeah, there's also this part of me that's like, well, maybe I'm just going to encounter a bunch of Mutant Year Zero stuff. It's probably just like, they're, they're probably just sitting on a pallet somewhere. Well, they had a booth last year when we went to Gen Con, and they yeah. had all the Star Wars stuff and everything. So I'm, I'm hopeful that I will see it there if I don't see it before then, because I haven't seen it yet. So And it's supposed to have released. Oh, the robot one? Yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's oh, supposed wow. to have dropped. Oh, I so. thought... Oh. Mm. Well, I mean, I know it's available on their webpage, but mm-hmm. I, I did... Oh. Well, that's... Mm, all right. So we'll see. I haven't seen it anywhere either. I okay. haven't seen it. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's disappointing as fuck. Um, last piece of news is... I got my Cult Divinity Lost PDF. The PDF. And did speaking you? of the art problems with the other one and the page counts, Cult Divinity Lost didn't care about the page count. No. Cult Divinity Lost wanted that art in your face, and it's gorgeous. Oh, my fucking God. I, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's late, like late, late. Yeah. Like super late. Was it worth the wait? Yeah. I think it kind of was. All is forgiven. I, I, I am at this point with it where I'm going, you know what? 
it's okay, cult of Vanilla. Yeah. It's okay, home guest. I forgive you. Yeah, it's because um, we were dogging on it before. We're like, we're not backing another one of your games. This is good. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what? This is this is sweet. This looks really nice. Uh, I usually don't open the um, the Kickstarter PDFs. I'm usually like, I don't give a fuck. But I was so curious about Cult that I opened the PDF the day it came and. Oh my god, the, it's just so lush. I cannot wait to have my physical copies in hand. I cannot wait to start running that game. I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't know what I cuz clearly I won't be able to run that the way I want to run it at the Friday Night Club. No, yeah, for sure. That's going to be some NC17 stuff and you don't oh, really want to be doing that. NC17 pish posh. Yeah. You don't really want to be doing that at the at the family gaming store no um i want to run it at home i want to run it deep and dark and just abysmally black because that game is just vile i'm so stoked i'm so stoked for how over the top ghastly that whole experience looks like it's going to be um so yeah if you pledged on that and you're stoked and you're waiting then my friend i am i am with you and if you were kind of like, well, I heard all this crappy stuff about it because of how bad the Kickstarter went. Well, then, man, when that thing hits the shelves, you are you are in for a world of love, dude. Now we jinxed it, and the warehouse is going to burn down. <clears throat> uh, well, you know what? We'll always have the PDFs. We will always have the I PDFs. I mean, 400 we'll pages, guys. Yeah, it's not an insignificant amount of pages. Four it's pretty great. Hundred pages, and while it's a PBTA game, and they kind of they kind of like gloss over that, and they kind of they've kind of monkeyed with it a little bit, and they're not really yeah. calling it a PBTA. They have a little filing of the serial numbers to kind of hide it a little. Twenty four playbooks in the core book, twenty four. I mean, and then and then little rules on how to make your own. Awesome, nice, so awesome. Anyway, that's what I got, man. That's what I got. Cool. All right, well, the last little bit we have is our giveaway. It's time for the giveaway. The Instagram and Facebook giveaway. And for this month, we have DCC Dungeon Crawl Classics, a surprisingly divisive game. I was not expecting that. Um, but uh, yeah, DCC, we're giving that book away to one of our lucky listeners. So you had to follow us on the platform of choice, Instagram or Facebook. You had to like us and you had to like the post and tag a friend. And so if you did all those, you were entered in the drawing. If you're one of our $5 and up Patreon backers, you were entered in the drawing automatically. 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 And our winner is drum roll. I can't do that drum roll shit. But All right, drum roll. Imagine, is, it, imagine, imagine it. a drum roll. Imagine a rich, luxurious bass sound flooding your ears. Former atheist Randy Donahue, you are the winner of the DCC hardcover. We didn't go soft cover. No, we have hardcover for you. Hardcover. The dude in the candy cane pants on the back. Dungeon Crawl Classics, congratulations, Randy. Hit us up, let us know where to send that, and we will get that in the mail to you. Gratis. Free charge from your friends at Full Metal RPG. Yeah, seriously, and uh, we uh, we still have some people from uh, the Diogo giveaway who like haven't gotten at us. They haven't they haven't oh, claimed man. their prizes. They need to listen I'm to that episode I'm and surprised. claim your prizes because otherwise we're gonna have to give them away again. Yeah, that would be terrible. Sorry, dudes. Come on now. Yeah. For who want free Diogo books? We're gonna give them till the end of the month. You got till the yeah. end of the month. You yeah, got till okay. the end of June, and then we're going to have to give them away again. We're going to have to just give them away to ourselves. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That. That's not going to happen. Nope. We'll we'll go back through the register, and we'll figure we'll it out. Figure it out. We'll figure we're gonna, it out. We'll Anthony Kiedis slash Red Hot Chili Peppers it up and give it away. Wow. All right. So <laughs> that happened. Um Everybody loves that song. No one doesn't like uh, that song. Okay. No, a lot of people don't like that song. All right. Brendan, who's our sponsor? Oh, you know what, Adam? I was just thinking sponsor about our sponsor. Sponsor of our giveaways and our books and all of this greatness at Full Metal RPG. Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. 
It's where you and I go to get all of our books. I mean, not all of them. I just you know bought some <laughs> bought somewhere a bunch else. In LA. But um, <laughs> it's always. Let me put it to you this way: it's always the place I go to get my books first. It's right down the street from my house on the corner of Southern and McClintock, Tempe, Arizona. Family-friendly store, all kinds of selection. You got your uh, board games, you got your role-playing games, you got your miniatures war games. You got knowledgeable staff, friendly. You got place to play, and it's got the Friday Night Role-Playing Club, where on alternate Fridays you can find Adam and I regaling our friends with tales of fantasy, science fiction, horror, and engaging in the theater of the mind. And free RPG Day this Saturday. Free RPG Day, June 16th. So thank you very much to Game Depot for sponsoring the show and for sponsoring the prize support for our monthly giveaways. And um, we love you. That's all I got. All right. I think that takes us to intermission. Intermission. Intermission time. So we'll be back shortly. Welcome back. We're back to that segment where we review stuff. Today we got Adam reviewing his magnus opus, Mutant Year Zero. Take it away, Adam. All right. Thank you very much, Brendan. Mutant Year Zero is a post-apocalyptic role-playing game by Modifius. This book was recommended to me by Michael Collette from the Friday Night Role-Playing Club. I am an unabashed lover of post-apocalyptic games and settings, and while the genre is incredibly popular for video games, published role-playing games in this vein seem few and far between. The grandfather of these is, of course, Gamma World, which was a wonderfully weird look at life after the Great Mistake. Mutineer Zero, however, has a darker tone. This is a grim and unforgiving take on life among the ashes. The technology level is decidedly modern lacking in the fanciful science fiction elements common in Gamma World or the Fallout series. In some ways, it's even low-tech with the absence of computers and cellular communications. If you have a working vehicle, that's a luxury. You may have a gun, but you rarely want to use it as bullets are currency in this world and must be tracked. You also need to keep track of food, water, and your rot level if you hope to survive long. Life is hard in Mutant Year Zero, and the game is as much resource management and base building as it is exploration and fighting. The core of the game is rooted in the zone map. This is effectively a hex crawl where you go in search of food, water, and supplies. There's a mechanic to randomly generate these zones within the map, which is how I first began running the game. I ultimately found this to be a shallow way to experience the world. You miss out on the detail and strangeness inherent in such a setting if you're merely rolling dice and populating an area according to tables. After the zone is generated, the players roll dice to navigate the area, and, res- and the results of that roll determines what they encounter and any items they find. At early levels, it's possible to roll up a death trap for the characters, and if they roll poorly in response, wipe the entire party. While this is thematically appropriate, it can be unsatisfying to be victims of the whims of fate to this degree. In contrast, the book offers a handful of fleshed-out zones for players to interact with, and... These are where I think the game shines. You can take multiple approaches and handle the situation in smart ways. It encourages and rewards immersive play. I found interspersing these more crafted areas amid the randomly generated squares to be the best approach for running the game. Ultimately, the core book does not give you enough of these, so it's wise to place or wise to get a supplement uh, such as the zone books for the line. Invent your own or find zones in other places, such as perhaps a zine like Survivalism, which is available on the Full Metal RPG Patreon. Shameless plugs aside, Mutineer Zero feels like it's really two games married together. There's the exploration part where you're going out and searching for resources, and there is the arc, your home base. At the start of each session, you generate a new threat by either rolling or drawing from a deck of cards Modifius will happily sell you. After this is done, you undertake projects. These are things that increase your technology level, defenses, or resource generation abilities of your arc. You can build a stable, functional society or opt for a cannibal death cult that destroys anyone they come across. 
The Ark is a deeply political environment ruled over by competing bosses and nominally overseen by the eldest, the last true human of which you know. The mind of the eldest has started to go and the future is very uncertain. Further, mutants do not live past 30, so if a solution is not found soon, your people are doomed to extinction. The bosses are jockeying for position and a number of the threat cards are centered around the Ark and existential threats to your scrappy society, both internal and external. It is possible to run entire sessions either in the Ark or out in the Wasteland. The flavor of each is very different. In the Wasteland, every, everyone seems to cooperate to find resources, fight off monsters, and survive. Back in the Ark, the players have a tendency to split apart in each scheme with different bosses and factions. When the end came for players in my game, it was inside of the Ark as a result of their actions or the wheels set into motion by others. There's a story underlying all of this. I won't get into it as I want to avoid spoilers, and I found it slightly underwhelming. It's not terrible. It's simply a tad predictable and uninteresting, all told. I did not use as much of this material when I ran the game myself, but if meta plot's your thing, there's a meta plot here you can run should you so desire. The core mechanic involves rolling a d6 or several d6 to resolve actions. There are three types of dice needed, attribute, ability, and equipment. It helps to have different colored dice for these, and Modiphius will happily sell you exorbitantly priced custom dice. Sixes represent success. Ones are potentially bad. If you don't generate any successes on a roll, you have the option to push the roll, but doing so causes the ones rolled to have a negative effect. You either take attribute strain or your equipment suffers damage. The game is called Mutant, and you are playing a mutant. Character creation is a point-by system where you start by picking your roll, then assigning attributes and abilities based on that role and its special ability and talents. Mutations are randomly generated, which can make things a bit lopsided. In our playthrough, we had several characters who rarely use their mutations and others who use them at every opportunity that they had to do so. Mutations are fueled by mutation points. Mutation points are generated when you take attribute strain or at the start of each session if you're at zero. Using mutations forces you to roll a number of dice equal to the mutation point spent. On a roll of one, something unexpected happens, you roll again. A further roll of one means you permanently lose an attribute point, but gain a new mutation. The other results have their own effects, but two ones are effectively the death spiral that's built into the game. Once your attributes are low enough, your character is no longer playable. One final quibble is availability. Mutineer Zero suffers from a problem that seems all too common among free play league games. Finding a copy can be an absolute chore. You can, of course, order from the publisher over in England, which nearly doubles the cost of acquiring the game. The alternative is hunting across multiple game shops until you manage to stumble across a copy and then snatch it up like Gollum grabbing the precious. I like Mutineer Zero quite a bit. It's not as gonzo as I had initially hoped for, and the resource management and bookkeeping portions can be a bit tedious, but it's a really fun game to run and experiment with. I feel like the zone books are an almost necessary addition to get the maximum utility out of the game, and it really could use a Games Master book to expand on zone building, adversary generation, creating maps, and offering a toolkit for modifying the game. It's a gritty, dark take on a genre that's often portrayed as weird and humorous. There's a lot here to like, and you should pick it up if that type of game interests you, assuming you can find it. And that's Mutant Year Zero. Well, here, here to that. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like such an idiot for having passed on it when it was just sitting on the shelf at, like, Game Depot, you know? Um, I'm a big fan of the genre, and I passed on it several times until I got a recommendation from Colette to pick it up. It took someone else <laughs> yeah. telling me, hey, like, get this book. You'll like it. Well, I don't think that the cover sells it very well. Not at all. You look at it, and you're like, oh, this is kind of like, uh, let's look at X-Men, kind of. There's like all these kind of like X-Men. Not even like good X-Men. It's but that like, like Frank Quietly era of X-Men, where you yeah, had like Beak yes. and the shit X-Men, exactly. and you were like, why do I care about these guys? They all suck. Well, I liked that era of X-Men, but yeah, still. I did just, too, but it was off-putting when you first saw it. Like, if yeah. you saw a book with Beak on the cover of it, in a comic book shop. Oh, there were a couple. Is that the one you're going to pick up? No. That's the one you're going to go like, what the shit is this? Like, X-Men, to me, at the time, was Jim Lee, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, my, look at these amazing, like, all these ripped, beautiful people doing amazing things. And then Frank Quietly came in weirdoed it up. It's a very different, it's a very different aesthetic. And yeah, it is. It's. I, I don't know. It looked kind of weirdly just 
I don't I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on what it was about it that made me feel kind of like, eh, I can pass on this. It's like dudes with wings. It's just very dingy. The cover is very brown. Um, I don't. I usually like dingy. I guess it's yeah. It's, got it's this. just it's like it's like a dingy yellow and brown, and it doesn't really sell you on what it is. It's just like it's people walking. It's like three people walking on well, the okay. cover. Okay, I'll tell you what, what put me off. It's got this guy on the cover, and the guy who's most prominent on it's the, the front, bug eye guy, right? Yeah. Well, he's wearing some kind of goggles or something, but his face looks like one of those alien grays or whatever. And then he's got cicada wings, insect wings, and I was just like. I guess I kind of thought it was going to be more gonzo than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Once you open up the book and you get into the character classes and stuff, you can see that it's it's going to be a bit more human. You know, it's gonna, right. it's going to be a bit more. And all the all the drawings inside the book are of baseline regular looking human people. You and know, there's not there's it's, not crazy. It's illustrated pictures. nicely. Mm-hmm. Like the illustrations work for what they're doing. Yeah, uh, the content's really well done. Um, it's just a really well done game. Like Modifius yeah. puts out really well done stuff. The pages feel nice. Oh, it's yeah. got a heft to it. It's very high quality. It's like it reminds you of the uh, olden days when, um, when b- before print on demand, when like you picked up a, a role playing book and it right. felt really good. What I feel really sells it though, or helps to sell it, are the zone books and the zone books are cool. I wish that they had either bundled more of that content with the core game, or with the GM screen or something because. The zone books, I think, are almost necessary to get a real feel for how you should run that game. Because if you start running it like I did, which is you're just using the core mechanic presented to you in that book, which is, oh, you roll randomly, and that's how you generate zones, it's it's really not all that compelling. It's when no. you get into those weird little deeply kind of detailed areas, of which there's a few in there, yeah, uh, that and, the and game they are springs to life. And yeah, I... So I would like to see more content like that. I don't know if we will. Uh, I don't know how well the game does. It certainly seems like they're just pushing the Gen Lab Alpha and then Mecha. It seems like they're expanding it by offering new, new core books and not supplemental material. It's kind of like like it's a little bit like World of Darkness in a certain way, where they're like, "Oh, here's one world that has all these different ways to interact with these different perspectives, and they all operate off the same system, so you mm. can cross them over." But and then that is going to create a much more Gonzo game because this is the one that basically has human-looking mutants. Right. Gen Lab Alpha has the anthropomorphized, the ones, yeah. you know, animals or whatever. Even that and one's then, a dark take, like because you're getting experimented on by these effectively these robots. You know, you're like trapped, mm-hmm. and they're cutting you apart and running horrible experiments on you. It's not that's, really like a dark. fun, weird like, oh, I'm a monkey man. Isn't that kind of funny and cute? It's like, oh, I'm. I watched my brother get torn apart by an insane See, robot doctor. The, again, the cover doesn't sell it because it's a bunch of these like rocket yeah, it's like a rabbit guys. and a badger. And yeah, it just reminds me like the after the bomb supplement from mm-hmm. the old uh, TMNT game. Yeah, for sure. And that's, yeah, I don't know how they can fix that. I will say the cover of the, the robot one I like, yeah. which is the robot walking that's through the, new like, one. the, the destroyed street. Mm-hmm. And I think that works very well. And you're it a looks self-aware very robot in that one. Yeah, you're a sentient AI. And and so. I, I think that their goal is to have all of these characters playing together in a group eventually if you want them to. Which that I th- seems to be it because the video game is two animal mutants and then a human mutant, which I thought was an interesting take on it because it's not called Gen Live Alpha. It's called Mutant Year Zero. So. And that could be great. I was unex- I, I did not expect that when I saw it. I, I was well, expecting more of the humans. I think that these are all called Mutant Year Zero, and then and then the other ones just have subtitles on them. Um, uh, so I picked it up. I'd really like to run it. I mean, I, I really would like to try and put my own take on it, uh, especially considering like how much I've heard about your game. How much do you feel like the peripherals are necessary, like the cards? For instance, are those cards? Are they those like a must own? They're helpful. You don't have to have them. If you want to borrow them when you run it, I will happily loan them to you. The one thing I will say was the dice were a lot nicer to have because there was less bookkeeping as a result of that because they very clearly show you a bad thing happened or a good thing happened. Whereas if you're just using normal D6s, you're going to have to do the mental translation yourself because the attribute dice and the gear dice have a negative oh. effect on ones but the ability dice don't uh 
but all of them have a good effect on six. And so doing now, the mental mathematics on that can be a little tricky. Is this the kind of thing, like, say I'm jamming it, I'm saying I'm jamming it for a table. Uh, am I going to want to go out and, like, flog my players and be like, you guys need to get these fucking weird dice. You need to buy these proprietary dice. No, I had a table set, and it was fine. We used my table set, and Colette had some too, but we used my table set the majority of the time. And you and shared it with them and it wasn't a problem? I shared it with them and it wasn't a problem. Like, uh, Colette found some knockoff ones and I got some of the knockoff ones mixed into mine. They look a little different. They're a little lower quality, but I'm not really worried about it. Um, Did you hear that, Colette? No, if you if you want to borrow, like, the... If you want to borrow the uh, the dice, I'll happily loan you the dice as well. It wasn't enough of a problem. I was, ooh, but it's just I've noticed looking at them. I'm like, oh, they look Uh-oh. a little different. You just sit at home inspecting your dice. Is that what I'm to understand? That's right. Well, it's just I noticed when we shining, were playing. I was just going, I was dice. going, why do these dice look different than the other ones? I was like, oh, okay. They must be the ones that came out of the bin. And I... Yeah, I don't know. They, they just look slightly different, and it's not a problem. They just look a little different. But I have the dice. I have the cards if you how, want them. How much did the each one of those run? You said they were exorbitant. Like, what are we The dice were stupid. Like, the dice, much? I want to say, how much? were like $20 or something ridiculous. For how many dice? For uh, 15 dice. So you're paying over a dollar a die. It's... That's outrageous to me. That you can't seems, use for anything else. That you can't use you can for anything else. For it's the game. same problem that I have with the new Star Wars game. Oh, you want to play the new Star? You got to buy well, the special dice you know, to play the game. They did crush out that um, Genesis uh, system, the Fancy Flight guys. So mm-hmm. the, the, they will se- sell you now the Strippo system um, if you are a big fan of that system. And what's funny is that I, I remember listening to a podcast at one point when when uh, Edge of Empire was still new, and somebody said something like, "Without the Star Wars IP layered over this system." I think the system dies. But at this point, they're now selling the system, and it sells well. They just released a new campaign setting for it called, like, Terranoth or something. It's, like, some kind of, like, you know, D&D-ish kind of... It's fine. I I just... I inherently don't like the push to buy these peripherals that I don't feel are necessary to the core experience. And Mutineer Zero, you can roll everything on the tables, and you don't have to have the cards. The cards are nice because it's tactile and it's a thing you can reference and it's there and it's, you know. And so some of my players didn't use the cards. They didn't like them in there. I'm going to write everything on my sheet. And others of them really wanted the cards. They really wanted uh, to have the card. I don't like cards. I, I don't you don't like, have to have them. So. I don't like the way cards, it makes it feel like you're playing something other than a role-playing game. Like, uh, to be totally honest, when um, we were, when I Am Zombie first came out, you and I were like all bonkers for I Am Zombie. And I still, I'm not saying I'm not, I still like that game very, very much. I like the setting an awful lot. I'm not <laughs> Love the setting. <laughs> Love the setting. Yeah, it's the actual play part. It's the, yeah, it's the randomly like well, the drawing cards. the people and then building your character based off of that that you, I'm just kind of. Uh, yeah, you build your character based on drawing these cards and I'm not like super stoked about it. Um, and then I actually was talking to Mark Ryan Hagen via email at one point, and uh, I mentioned to him that there was a spot on the um, Make Believe Games webpage where you could still get the character sheets. Yeah, they pulled it. And he was like, oh, that's still on there? I'm going to have him take it down. I'm right. like, oh, no, no, no. I, 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 I just want to, because it was, it was kind of like an old World of Darkness sheet where it had dots. And I was like, I, I prefer that to just to having this like stack of cards, and that's my character. I don't know, but I, I understand that's the conceit of the, of the, the make believe games like line. That's yeah, what they're trying to do. It's just one not- of the issues I had with it was just toxicity because the cards were a weird shape, and so they're small. They're small, and so you would it, if I can put it in a card sleeve and protect them. All right, fine, whatever. That's great. But if I gotta have them like out on a table and there's people with their Cheetos and their drink. You know what I mean? It's I don't I don't want that. I don't uh, you I know, don't care if you mess up your character sheet. I don't care if you spill a drink on your character sheet or you burn a hole in it with the candle that I'm burning in it, you know, but if I've got these cards and you're sitting there playing with them and all that, then I then I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Like the I mean, and and it was it's never really made clear I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously too much of a gamer because some of these things don't matter. Because I was, I'm thinking to myself, like, does each player need to bring their own deck to be drawing from, or do 
because if somebody draws something, then that means that there's not a chance for somebody else to draw in something. Mutineer Zero, no, there's one deck. There's like, one deck. And, and well, it's, you draw everything. From, and you, as I said, you don't have to do it. The only thing is it simplifies the bookkeeping because otherwise you've got to have these tables printed out. And then as you draw threats, you have to cross them off. And as you draw mutations, you have to cross them off. And everybody has to know what their mutation is and does. And in my case, because I was the only... At the time, I was one, the only one with the book. Um, having the cards made it a lot easier because I could just hand them to people and I'd be like, here's what your mutant power is. Here's what it does. You don't have to... I don't have to give you the book. Yeah. Right? And that was the thing, was handing the oh, book around became does a it chore. Does it say what, is, what the power does on the card? Yes. The card and explicitly then, spells out, here's what the power is. Here's how you fire it. Here's the effects. And I can see how with the book being so hard to get right now, the cards would be a good stopgap because yeah, mine I will say just from using it at the club, um, is showing really obvious signs of wear. The book, like it is, yeah, it's beat up. Um, there's like parts where the the color or the the art's kind of worn off, like it's kind of flaked off. There's parts where people obviously wrote on it. And I can see. Oh, when they I look had the sheet like on top yeah, of it. Yeah, and they were like, writing Aah! on it, and I can see it when I hold it up to the light, and I'm just like, ah, it's, it's, it pains me, it pains me. But it's well loved. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't be too put out. But at the same time, I am one of those guys who looks at it and I was like, oh man, you know. And I, I actually, I look fondly on how beat up my Vampire the Masquerade book is. Yeah. And I'm sure at some point in the future, I'll look fondly on how beat up my Mutineer Zero book is. And yeah. Recall playing it but in the moment when you're in that actual moment it's very difficult to have that kind of zen approach to it oh yeah dude if i ever saw somebody put a character sheet on top of one of my books and then start writing i would like want to flip just my fucking punch them in the shit <laughs> and just be like what the that's why you fuck, have table dude? copies what the fuck did you just disrespect my shit right but um at the end of the day you're right which is it's a fucking toy at the end of the day this is a toy and you're supposed to play with your toys and i used to be the guy who had all my shit like on the on the shelf and like it all looked so beautiful, but you know, none of it got played with, and it's just better to play with them. It's better to play with them. Agreed, one hundred percent. I I had a great time with it. I recommend it. So if you see it, and that genre interests you, and the review interests you, and you think, oh, pick it up, give it a shot. I wonder, it's a fun game. I wonder if I have time to run this before Cult Divinity Lost comes out. I mean, maybe after Gen Con. And then, because I'm not really expecting Colt until, like, December Yeah, I have no expectation later. for when Colt comes out, so yeah. I I will be surprised if it is this year. If it makes it this year, I will be pleasantly surprised. That's, I'm expecting you're like, you're early like, next year. You're like, you're like six months. Dude. Yeah. I am expecting Q1, Q2 of next year. We'll see. Ooh, Q2? That is so brutal. If I, I, they I, have consistently let me down on deliverables to the point where I feel I'm going to do it to myself this time. I'm not going to let them hurt me. I'm going to hurt myself before they can hurt wow, me. Wow. Wow. That's savage. All right. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you saying, yeah, there's plenty of time for me to run this. Uh, yeah. Make time to run it. I think you'll enjoy it. It oh, ended I, up I, being a lot more Vampire the Masquerade than I expected. I had the one boss who was very clearly. The Venture Toreador. I had the other boss who was very clearly the Tremere slash Lasombra like Shadowy Manipulator. And I had the other boss who was very clearly the Gangrel Bruja face beater. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I just contextualize the world in that way. Because I, just, I have a very World of Darkness way of looking at all games. Even my own zine has that, you know, oh, here's the setting. Here's the Dramatis Persona. Here's what's going on. Here's what's really going on. <laughs> you know, and, and I tend to filter everything through that lens. I just, I don't know. This just looks like so much fun. I just, I really it's want. It's great. I really, I really want to rip into it. And go grab that, uh, the deep blue sea or the oh, ocean yeah. supplement for it. I think you'll really like that. You'll have fun running it and go crazy i you'll have a fun time and if you need zone things and pick up survivalism and you well can, i mean i have a subscription <laughs> i know you have a subscription so you're all good <laughs> you have all kinds of fun stuff you can do with it i know no doubt right well adam uh what do you think man it seems like we're kind of have reached the end of our uh, ramblings what do you think i think we have there's only one thing left to do 
Take us out, Brendan. Just tell tell them how to get at it. All right, so uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, if you participate in our competition, then you know that that's uh, at Full Metal RPG on Instagram. Uh, I manage the uh, Full Metal RPG Facebook page. You should get us there, Full Metal RPG. That's a page. What do you guys think of a group? If I made a group, would you guys go on it and talk? Get at me. I feel like that page, pages are lame. They kind of just blast information out. I would kind of be more interested. There is a community in section. But people putting, putting. I guess no one uses it. So yeah, no maybe, one uses Maybe it. you guys don't want a group. Anyway, Full Metal RPG. Let us know. On Facebook. If you have some kind of businessy type shit that you want to get at me with, um, Full Metal RPG official at gmail.com. It's a great place to reach out. And then always, always, always check out our page fullmetalrpg.com where you'll be able to find Adam's transcribed review of Mutant Year Zero as well as links to back episodes of the show that you have yet to listen to and all our other reviews plus other shit that we write just fucking check it out man um thanks for listening don't what? forget the Patreon. I, I, oh, we, we, I, I feel like I've belabored the Patreon a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> we also have this thing on Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash fullmetalrpg. Um, go on there. It's the only way to get subscriptions to our unbelievably high-quality zines, if I do say so myself. And I'm sorry, I couldn't get it out. <laughs> I just I just couldn't get it out. It just sounded so weird. People seem to like them. Yeah, you know, people. If have, you hate them, let us know. People have. What been can we do them. to improve? Yeah, yeah. And, what do you uh, want from us? There's other rewards on there, including uh, entrance into all of our uh, competitions and original art and personal phone call time with me and Adam, during which we will give you our 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 one-on-one thoughts about games. Right. And if uh, there's anything else you want, let us know. Yeah, indeed, indeedious. So tastefully erotic photographs. Well, we Probably do, not. We can't that. do We're that. Not gonna... We can't do that. You could do that. Um, I can't do that. <laughs> you could do that. All right. So, uh, so thank you for listening, guys. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Instagram. Thank you once again for listening, uh, and we will see you again here very shortly. Have a good night. Good night.